Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hi, Renee. Hi, Renee. Today, we're going to talk about making decisions, choices that are out there for us to make, and we make so many every day. But for those who've been sexually abused, it's hard to make choices at times. They become paralyzed. They want to put it off. They don't want to make the decision. And you can say, well, it's a difficult choice to make. I'm buying a house. Do I buy this house or that house? That's a big decision, big financial decision type thing. But it can be even simple things. Should I go to the play tonight or not go to the play tonight? And those decisions become paralyzing a lot of times to those who've been sexually abused. And I think the biggest reason is because they've stopped being able to trust themselves making good choices and it could have just been as simple as they went on a bus to go somewhere and then they were sexually abused on the bus well they made that choice to go on the bus so they're putting one plus one equals two I make bad choices and or I know in my case when I was being sexually abused as a child and the person would come in at night I would figure out ways well if I did this then they can't hurt me in that way but I was wrong and they were able to hurt me in a whole other way. And I was thinking, what a failure I am. How stupid was I? And I'd be beating myself up again, losing trust with myself. Does that make that sense? sense? Oh man, that's like huge neon sign right there. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Well, because we try to make good choices. We're not purposely trying to make bad choices. So in the midst of having a decision to make that's in front of a person, fear comes in. And once that fear comes in, there's something behind that. There's some sort of stressor that's pushing it. And that's when I would tell the person to stop what you're doing. You already are struggling to make the decision. Why? And what is that fear? They say, well, it's fear. I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to make the right choice or not. I'll go, okay, stop. First thing I do is talk to God. God, why am I stressing about this? Why is there fear? Where is that fear from? It's really important to stop and do that because that will help the person to be able to get rid of that paralyzing feeling. And feeling will start coming back into their brain because that block came up so fast of the fear and it will start to dissolve and just start talking with God. What is it? Why am I afraid? And if you're struggling, even in that talking with God, go where you can talk with him that you know you've had success before, if that makes sense. So for me, I can go fishing. I know I can have a great conversation with God while I'm fishing. Plenty of time to go fishing there, just talking with him. And memories might start coming to mind. Oh, now I know why I'm struggling with this decision. That makes sense. For some, it could be walking. Uh, Right now it's winter outside and it's super cold (laughs) out there. So walking and fishing are not part of my uh, go-tos, but I know I could shut my eyes and focus in and talk to God that way wise. Go, okay, God, why am I stressing right now? 
or why is there fear? What is it that's making this decision difficult? And I find it's also not just a person that's been abused. All the personalities, you know, the different personalities out there. The temperaments, yes. Yeah, some of us have more struggles with a, a choice than others, you know? Some, that is correct. Some is more difficult to make than another. But I'm running into folks that even without the abuse, they have that struggle of making a, a choice and feeling like they've accomplished it properly and well and gone through the process. And it seems like fear comes in there more times than not. Well, it could be panic. I need to hurry up and make a decision. We need to decide, are we going to buy this house or not? Because right now it's a seller's market. And so, so many people are trying to get such few little houses during the wintertime here that are available. Yeah. So I need to hurry up and decide. The demand. But when yeah. it comes to choosing, I would say, give yourself that time. If possible, time. Go ahead, sit with God. Ask him what that fear is. Once you work through that fear, once you figure out what that fear is, then you're able to say, well, that's reasonable or it's not reasonable. That type of thing. And then start processing mm -hmm. your options. What are the pros? What are the cons? Do the pros line up with my goals? Does this house line up with my goals that it has enough bedrooms for my family, enough bathrooms, it has a backyard for the dogs? So those are what I'm trying to get. So do those pros line up with that? Do the pros line up with my values? I value safety for my family. And does this neighborhood where the house is located, is that lining up with it? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like my value would be mold free. <laughs> There you go. Oh, there you go. Yours would be up there with how mold-free is it? Right. There you go. Um, what are some consequences that might happen if I choose this way or I choose that way? So let's say the house is perfect in a safe neighborhood, has enough bedrooms and bathrooms, and it's only five years old and the price is great, but there's mold in it. So what would be the consequences and would I be able to pay for those consequences? Would I be able to have the house remediated? Do I have the money to do that? So working out the consequences in your mind is really important. Some people aren't able to do that. So another way to do it is to write it out. Those pros, those cons, the options, the consequences, and include your emotions, including that fear. Oh, yeah. The consequences are huge, though, at least in, in regards to making the consideration of those consequences, because you're talking about mold here, or I brought True, it up. But let's say it didn't have mold and the neighborhood, this house looked pristine, five years old, plenty of room for everybody, but it was in a dangerous neighborhood. What are the consequences now? Correct. So consequences are huge. So you've got to be able to look at those. And measure them out, seeing if you're willing to pay that price of the consequences. What's the cost? What's the loss? What's the gain? Yes, absolutely. Another way to do it is to talk with that other trusted person. We have talked about a trusted person, what they look like in another video. But to talk to that trusted friend to give you perspective. Because you may be so worried about this neighborhood 
when this neighborhood is changing over really quick, the city's putting a lot of effort into it. They just put a police station on the corner two blocks away. They are now redoing the, revamping the whole school system. Whatever it is, you may need that other perspective to come in to help you see things more clearly. And you bring wise counsel. That's biblical. <laughs> it's biblical. You bring in that wise counsel. I think it's also important to give yourself permission. Here's a biggie to change your mind. Mm. Some people feel like, no, I've made up my mind. We're going to go ahead and get that house. But the more they find out, the more they talk with the trusted friend, the perspective they have, they, they don't want to give up what they have, but they got to give themselves permission to change their mind, especially when that feeling is not right in the gut of your stomach. Oh yeah. You follow, you follow that Holy Spirit and you follow the gut feeling that you are given you follow the flags that come up as well that the permission chances change yeah and giving yourself permission to change your mind that's also a tough one especially for those of us that have been abused because we feel like we could be a failure if we do we we, we feel like we either a failure or we're a we're flighty like we can't make a decision we just made one now we're changing it and now what are people going to think that comes up with the people pleasing thing you know it just so we put a lot more pressure on ourselves with just that we've made it, we've told others about it, and what are they going to think now that I'm now changing it? But that changing it is wisdom speaking, and that's okay. That's using all the things at your resources to make a wise decision. Yes, absolutely. So those are those steps that I would have in there. And the whole way through, just keep bringing God in and talking with him. Well, this person says this, Lord, and this says this, and I'm looking at the pros and the cons and, oh my goodness, my gut feeling is saying this. And what would be the consequences of saying that, God, please show me what those consequences would be. And like I said, for some people, it's writing them down because they could actually see them with their eyes. Other people, they don't need to write them down because as soon as they know those consequences, like for you, if the house is full of mold, it's a no-brainer. Next, yeah, next, nope. next. <laughs> on the road. Yeah, so. <laughs> there is no option of remediating in my book. Yeah, it's next. They don't even get they don't even get to be considered. So but that it's not a failure to lock up or anything like that in your brain when you're trying to figure it out and that fear comes. Again, discover what that fear is. Why is it? so hard for you to go ahead and decide on buying this house today well it's a big purchase any big purchases for you is scary because you know it's a long commitment mm -hmm. that's true that's true that's true but is it worse for you to stay in the house that you're in or jump out there and make a decision on a new home with all the new information that you have now so you're more wiser in your purchase true so if I was to balance those two out, I'd see there was more pros for you to go ahead and leave that house you're in to go into a newer home. That tapping into what is the source of that fear is so powerful. It is. It leads you to it leads you to a lot of times false beliefs. Because it, you're you just get that the truth brought in. Yeah, the truth comes in and it reveals the false. Uh, beliefs that you have been carrying all of your life like you're talking about purchasing a home and that being money related there's some baggage even around money for some of us you know growing up and a fear around it 
making a big purchase like a house, that could draw up this, can I manage it? Can I pay it? What if we lose a, you know, what if we lose a job? There's all these layers of fears that come up around the money, whatever. So facing it, it kind of like cleans up that mud puddle, <laughs> the murky mud puddle. Absolutely. You need truth to come in when that fear comes in and you need to get rid of it so that you can make good decisions that are stress-free. Yeah. Yeah. And doing it with Christ is so much more powerful because there have been times, like I'll just give the example. There was a time when we were given two places to go and do ministry at. We were asked first to go do ministry at one spot. And then we the week after we're set, we were told we've got another opportunity. So you guys can pick whichever one you want. And the one that we originally were told, much bigger, much rougher neighborhood, a lot more crime. When you looked up the whole crime report, you know, there's missing people or all sorts of cray cray, you know, we'll say that craziness going on. We looked at the other one and it was like, oh, this would be a piece of cake to live there. We could do this ministry blindfolded, you know, grocery stores across the street, stores down, you know, our kids could have jobs and they'd walk to it. So we would, so everything like lined up for the other one of simplicity. But when we pressed into God and prayed about it, he reminded us, here's who I've called you to, Renee and Eddie. And then he, we opened up scripture and then right away, the scripture then affirmed what God had been speaking to us in our heart when we prayed it was I've called you to these people to be a light to this neighborhood. This is where I want you to be. So he took the fear away and gave us direction and ministry was very powerful there. We never saw crazy, you know, in the sense of what we were looking up online, but we were trusting God and where he wanted us to go in that decision making. But I can't say it was easy because <laughs> fear was there. Fear was there to take our family in a place that was unfamiliar, that we had too unfamiliar. And we had to make a choice. But he bring it, got in, streamlined it real fast. We'll just say that. <laughs> and the blessing that comes with it. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it was. It was a village that wrapped around us and our family. And then when we were fostering, they were helping. It was a neighborhood that helped us care for a foster child as well. Wonderful. So just one thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Renee, that's the end of talking about making hard choices, making choices, figuring out what your next step should do. Don't be afraid of being paralyzed. Get rid of that by looking at what is paralyzing you and look at the truth of the situation. Amen. The truth will set us free. The truth will set us free. Amen. Talk to you. have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything. <laughs>